This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound, and you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care, a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. You're finally at that hot new spot, the one your friends keep raving about, sitting across from your date. It's going... Another round? really well and that dish you've been dying to try oh it's headed your way you can smell it hear it sizzling fresh off that skillet as it comes closer closer and served go ahead enjoy after your phone sneaks a bite first when you're with amex it's not if it's going to happen but when american express don't live life without it hello and welcome to episode 104 of power railway in this episode I'm talking to Patrick McDonald, Paul Woodfull and Paul Tylack, with whom I did my 100th episode and uh, that was so good I thought well let's do it on, on the monthly basis so we met up and cover all sorts of topics uh, going off on many tangents but uh, mainly I suppose it was about parenting and drugs uh, again so uh, parent, drugs again I mean parenting not again and uh it's been nearly oh probably two weeks since the last one went out uh potter rooney and i'm afraid that's because well someone let me down there's a girl i had lined up to do a podcast and then she just stopped returning my uh calls or texts and uh i don't know why that was but uh and then this one although i did it a few days ago it's it's a difficult edit i've had to edit a, a good bit because we just talked all over the place went all over the place and also went into all sorts of uh areas that uh, i had to cut out because they were libelous so um don't want to be doing that um but perhaps one day i'll get all the edits and just put them all together just just libels libelous bits all together i put it in my will perhaps and, and release it so uh, in the meantime, I've been down. I was did a, I did a, a lovely weekend of the Laugh Lounge with Patrick McDonald. That was nice. That was nearly two weeks ago now. And then the week last gone uh, uh, last weekend, I went down to Bally de Hob and did a gig down there. And then I spent some time writing with a couple of uh, people I've been writing with, and we're working on a, an idea for a play. So uh, I love Bally de Hob. I love down West Cork, and even tempted always tempted to want to move down there when i'm down there but then when i come back i go well no that's totally impractical because i drive all over the country and uh and uh i don't want to be adding two hours to every journey that i do when i'm going off to do a gig but it's lovely down there well someday perhaps i retire down there uh and just cut myself off and release libelous podcasts 
and just be in an area where nobody can get to me. So that's a plan. Uh, and uh, I've done a few uh, uh, auditions in the last... Week. I've done three auditions the last week. I mean, no doubt, you know. Uh, well, let's... Fingers crossed I get something, you know. But you never know, do you? Do you, you never know. And there's no point in getting your hopes up because uh, I've... Well, because... No, it's actually, you better off... Do the audition. Forget about it. Yeah. That's the best thing. So uh, now in this uh, following podcast, I'm going to let it roll now in a minute. But there's bits in the middle. I'm going to come back in. First, because I had to edit it. And secondly, because I think I have to explain some things. Uh, and explain why why we jump from one subject to another. But uh, also there's just references to bands and people. And uh, I'm going to come back in and uh, just explain the situation there. So here we are, Paul Woodfull, Paul Tyler, Patrick McDonnell, and myself on Podorini. <laughs> I just think when I was in my 20s, I couldn't imagine being a parent. Like, you know what I mean? I couldn't have been imagine. I'm just, it was so untogether and all that kind of stuff. And uh, and then I became, like that big shock of that responsibility. Like, do you, do you remember that? Having to change. I remember, yeah, well I did it. We were doing Stew at the time, uh, <laughs> Paul. Yeah. And uh, I, I got one day off and uh, that was the day Jude was born. Yeah, so that was the first. Of that, yeah, but it was a kind of a shock, I suppose. Well, it was certainly a big change, that, that's for sure. I mean, you know, I mean, it, obviously, even the idea of trying to organize this here today is so difficult just because we have kids, you know. Oh, I can't do oh, there's a school run, isn't there? Yeah, I, I yeah. like I grew up, my I came from a very humble, I have a humble, uh, humble background. background. Yeah, you know, but we were lived like little princes, though. We were like little guys. You know, we did nothing around the house ever. I was never made to do any chores, which oh, they did in America. Yeah. Oh no, no, never. We just stayed in bed, did what, did our thing, yeah. and then I went off to college, and I, we had, I had a grant. I was like a prince there, mm. and just sailed through it. It's a stupid arts degree, anyone you could get it, and you know, and then then got into comedy, and I never had ever put myself out ever. I lived I had a very privileged life, pretty much like the royal princes now, <laughs> William and Harry, in many ways, I would say. It was just really? incredibly privileged for <laughs> an Irish, yeah. you know, life. Yeah. And then just suddenly at 33 to have a kid. Yeah. And to, I remember, to be honest, you, look, you looked so like you had never had a stress in your life and then when you started came, off comedy. Yeah. And it came in a torrent. Your hair is white now. I went white as soon as David, my son was born I'd say within a week or two uh, I went great I looked like my father very quickly and mm. it, it was a shock I remember I do have a remember a memory of uh, the when the midwife was letting us go from the coom thinking I genuinely thought are you going to come with us because I had no idea it's just seemed like such a, a responsibility this little mm. thing and it's we were yeah, it's we, mental bringing a person there's a person mm. yeah who mm. can't do anting for themselves I know, and, and, we he, and you're responsible for it, and you, you, you never had a cat or a dog. It changes you completely compared to being in a relationship or getting married or anything like that. Mm. They're nothing compared to. 
Mm. Yeah, mm. The responsibility of these helpless little brats. Yeah. <laughs> well, no, lovely little uh, things, but just uh, like before I had kids, I had no reason to get up in the morning or to, to need to do anything rather like uh, work to get any work mm. to look for work or to find any food f- yeah to, to forage <laughs> <laughs> or hunt you know but as soon as you have kids they're, for a start it's so expensive and it's no, just we could all be loaded if it was up to us probably they wouldn't be as expensive but if it's mm. up to the money I got, I got three cheap ones <laughs> they're really you went to they have it was an open <laughs> I got them in the middle aisle yeah. I obviously went to Marks and Spencer's I, I tell you we would be millionaires <laughs> genuinely mm. loaded yeah. if we hadn't had kids well, like you go on a holiday. You imagine that, the, how much of an amazing holiday you could have if you're just on your own compared to yeah. But I don't think people. you would have had the earning capacity that you have now because you got organised after you had kids. You had to get organised and get, and uh, up your your game. A bit. Yeah, I think this is, uh, you, you, with me anyway. Yeah, yeah it, it gave me kicking ears. Definitely, and with me, I might have, I might be dead from. Uh, excess yeah. now because I just lived mm. a very selfish life of getting out of my head all the time and doing whatever pleased me mm. whereas once you have kids you take they get out of their heads now don't they <laughs> yeah. 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 yeah I was older and I kind of had that thing of like feeling like god I better start eating properly and you know maybe don't stop drinking a bit and yeah. you know and getting fitter that kind of thing because like the idea that god I want to be around for these you know like yeah that sort of thing yeah, yeah it's kind of the first time that you go I, I better stay alive for the next 18 20 years mm. not for mm. yourself yeah. but yeah. for them that's it the if, if, if there was an accident if there was some terrorist outrage uh, I would have always thought me 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 even with my wife I would think me yeah. me me oh I'm going to and then suddenly <laughs> it's protect them at all costs yeah. and not really yeah. think of myself you yeah. know if there was something bad happen I'd cover them yeah you, the first yeah. inklings yeah. of mortality when you have kids well we've all died on stage yeah, yeah, that's true. Okay, your second yeah <laughs> But when you talk about like, oh, it would have been just me, me, me. Uh, yeah. There was a plane that crashed the other day, and the the back end, the back end of it went on fire, and uh. they couldn't get. A lot of the passengers died because they insisted on getting their luggage out of the overhead compartments rather than just getting out of the plane. So, like, wow, that's how materialistic things mm. have become I think people would rather die than lose their luggage but they didn't really know they were going to die like it was yeah, true because they're, just they're still on a plane mm. it seems very organised and very like oh there's a fire and they're going oh look at your man yeah how long is this going to take yeah, they're yeah. dead yeah <laughs> mm. I'd have run but push my kids in front of yeah I'd push them make sure they lived yeah well so one of them who's probably getting their luggage out will probably have been in your way yes I know I know yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. but I mean, that's beyond the me 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 they couldn't have known it was that serious my stuff huh they must have known it was that serious yeah. where was this where did this happen I don't I can't remember someone was telling me about it it was on the news but did it really happen yeah it happened. happened it happened and the, the, there was an investigation and the, the pilot was 
sent, like uh, was in court or something like that, and he tried to explain that the cabin crew were loads of the cabin crew survived, but some of them went back to try and rush these other people out, and they mm. died because the people were insisting on on getting their luggage rather than leaving with everyone else on the... The plane was in the air, though, no? No, no, no. on the ground. It had right. crashed. Like, right. the back end of it, it, it seemed to have landed okay, but then the back end, the engine caught fire on one of the wings, and the whole back end of the plane went up. Well, in America, flying in America, there's a lot of fat people, and I just think... Yeah. In a crash, just it takes one of them to fall on you. It would be a fat person that would kill you. Only if you're flying around, that's where you have to put oh, the Oh, you mean if, you're, yeah. if they crash on top of you? Yeah, because in a crash, I'm presuming everyone goes flying around oh, the place. Yeah, and, yeah. and you see this massive bloke in the, in mm. beside you, and you go, he's just going to flatten me. could save you, though. He could be like a big airbag. <laughs> <laughs> but he'd probably have two, had to have had two seats. So, as uh, well. Yeah. Would you Although, if you crashed in the mountains, you'd be going it with heat. You could definitely eat him. For I'd definitely be on one of team. flights yeah. where they have moved people around. They haven't said why, but they've been moved. They've moved people around, and you can see that they're evening up the fat people on both sides. It's mm. not kind of fat shaming in some kind. No, of way, but it's yeah. like they move a few other people. They do it quietly. Well. Yeah, they just right. say, oh, oh, we need more people to fill these seats here. And they, you can see them looking. They're looking at both sides. The and they're kind of, they're, they're adding up the number of people, mm. but they're also making sure, is anyone really fat? Because if everyone fat they, goes on one side, the plane just goes in circles. <laughs> well, we're not that's, easier. What, that's, what that's why they do that. It's <laughs> not easy when you're booking a flight to ask the person if you're fat and you know and then the suitcases go on yeah there should be a pre- people version mm. of that yeah. and then you get off and they say right well you're in this seat yeah 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 <laughs> yeah and you should be allowed to have more luggage if you're not that it would be terrible to be on a plane maybe, maybe, yeah, maybe the weight everybody's on one should side be just the complete you know it's yeah. the overall how much you bring as well as yeah, yeah. that would be pro Chinese people though, wouldn't it it'd be very Bias towards Chinese people getting cheaper flights. Well, that, and that's, that's true, a racist yeah, statement yeah. saying that they're yeah. smaller than. Well, it was fat shaming earlier. <laughs> <laughs> so, I don't know. Um, the tallest man ever was Chinese, I think. Was he really? Not one yeah. person. Not, not Wadlow. He was surpassed. Wadlow was the Wadlow. tallest American, but the tallest. Oh. Well, maybe he was the tallest, but the tallest guy at the time I read was the, who was still alive mm. was a young Chinese peasant. What was that thing they used to say that if everybody in China jumped up at the same time it would knock the world off its axis? Mm. Remember that? Yeah. So it's probably yeah. I don't so know why they don't use that as some threat. Like why do they need no, yeah. nuclear power? Yeah, you know, like yeah, you're right. Yeah. But if you all the take sanctions, if well, all the ducks in China <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. If all the ducks in China jumped up and down at the same time there'd be a massive earthquake. Ah, oh, Jesus. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> but dead. Uh, it's a hard mm. job organising that now, all right, isn't it? But it was hard I, as well, you know, I mean, the lifestyle of a comedian with the ch- child yeah. as well, that is difficult. Having a family and being on the road a lot. And, you know, and, and I, I really feel conscious now that with my kids that, like, most parents are when they go out to work at nine to five and they've got a very steady life, where I'm sitting around, like, they come in from school and I'm watching Netflix. Mm. And uh, you wonder what the what uh, example I'm setting. But, but but you see them like I mean you could br- bring them to school. I, I found that was great. I could be there. I because there'll be very few dads bringing the kids to school. Yeah. Even though we're 
there's supposed to be living in a time when everyone works but or it's equal opportunity but it would be mostly mums and, but I grew up with that like I grew up in a farm so when I came home to school my father was around sitting around having a cup of tea I would then yeah <laughs> it was yeah. not as normal to me I, I hate I would have hated the idea that I was gone and you know coming back at seven in the evening yeah yeah, I suppose so. Yeah, no, it was good. Yeah, it was very hands-on and all that. Yeah, mm. but I'm uh, just away at the weekends when I didn't really care. Yeah. So would you be the kind of, generally speaking, would you be the kind of people that would say, would would have hoped to have waited to have a kid because you do you didn't you didn't think you were ready for a long time. Yes, and yes. If you yeah, had them, I you wanted to raise them very differently from how you were raised or you would take your parents example and try and raise them how you were yeah. raised I, I I thought well myself and my wife were taught we would do a brilliant job as parents because yeah. we just do the opposite of whatever the parents did right and That's we were just have really we're, we're so we're more better read and we know all about this thing mm-hmm. and then eventually when they did start becoming getting bold at, at an age I yeah. just found, found myself saying the exact same things to my yeah. father stop that wish yeah. What are you doing? And uh, the very same things he said. Yeah. I am my father. And, yeah. yeah. Mm. yeah. Well, the pumps. Really. Yeah. You know, no, I I, it's them. very uh, against the idea of hitting them, you know. But then again, I, I can't ever remember my father hitting me, so. Yeah. Like, it's, he was so uh, hard. Like, <laughs> <laughs> you lost consciousness. Yeah, and, and he didn't like to do it, uh, but like, yeah, he and, um, but yeah, you know, but in school, like, I, I, I think that the Christian Brothers showed me that side of life. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, and uh, I'm very against the idea of that. I, yeah. I, that was one thing I was adamant I wouldn't be doing. The other thing is, I didn't really want kids. I mean, no, I, did, I didn't. I kind of sometimes thought, oh, it'd be nice to be a dad, something. But it was very abstract. Where yeah. Colette wanted kids. Like, yeah, there was a definite, definite biological on. drive. My, yeah. I think men only wanted for ego. Um, I, I did want kids. I always thought I will have kids. Yeah, I always, I always thought, thought that. It, but at the time, I didn't. Uh, it was because my wife really wanted kids. And if we didn't have kids then we would, would have split up probably because she wanted to have kids yeah, well, I, I, it would have been grossly unfair with Laura I think if we didn't have kids yeah. She's, uh, she really wanted kids like you, you know it'd be kind yeah. of ultimate stringing someone along yeah yeah we'd have them but what happened yeah, with us was uh, yeah, Alicia yeah. had a, a miscarriage early when on our first attempt and I was re- I realised I was really upset as well about it that I did want kids at that stage so mm. yeah we were the same and like we yeah Sandra as well had yeah. miscarriage and so was then evolved you know? and then you go yeah I was used to the idea of being a dad yeah 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 mm. but I mean, if Colette had said I don't want kids I'd be grand yes exactly yeah yeah I'd put yeah I, I, yeah I would. <laughs> really I'm the opposite <laughs> now oh, I, I did want to have a partner in life and you kind of you, you you fall in love with them because of what they are uh, to you, and not because of the mother that they might one day be. That's weird because I would want kids, and I'm the only one that split up. That's that's the you know. Oh, so well, uh, years ago before I had kids, but you didn't have kids, yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but um, yeah, it'll be grand. She didn't listen to this. <laughs> <laughs> God, no. Uh, <laughs> but uh, I think I was too soft, though. I, I, so I had the attitude, I won't be like my parents, but I think I was too soft. I think... 
I could have been, been a bit more. You kids have turned out okay, haven't they? Like, they're amazing. Like they're so respectful. Yeah. You've got a good, really good relationship with them. Mm. They they they're not like into uh, you know anything bad. You just want they're just very just stable. Good. Just go, got through their schooling. They don't go. seem to be going to be comedians. No, that's yeah. really good. <laughs> they're in. The, they're going to go into the arts though, which yeah. is yeah, like I just that just breaks me out. Start hitting them now. Like, uh, I could start hitting them and say, be an accountant, be a doctor, be an accountant. And, just hit them. <laughs> and, then, and then I'll stop it. <laughs> Actually, I, came, I was away on Saturday night and I came back on Sunday, uh, so my son had a free gaff and there was four balls, empty balls of wine. And on a chalkboard I have, there's just a big cock written on it. But that sounds like a good night. A like good, a good night. Out. <laughs> yeah, but like the whole house isn't trash. No, so just, just four bottles and a cock on the wall. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I don't think he was on his own, by the way. I yeah. think there was other people there. I think he, he just drank four yeah. bottles of wine and drew a cock. <laughs> <laughs> was it well yeah. drawn? It's, it's very quite good. Good. It's actually very good. Drawn, isn't it? <laughs> At what point of the night was it after the was four it, bottles? Could, could, could you drew? tell it wasn't him that had drawn it? If it, it yeah, it was someone else definitely because it, it yeah, wasn't his cock. Could have been him, but he didn't roll it out, you know. I could have yeah. turned it into something else, maybe. You know, you were well yeah. capable of that. Yeah. And it's on a whiteboard, so they were obviously. No, it's a blackboard, it's a blackboard. Okay, but there was a lesson going on. <laughs> it was probably. Oh, was they were. Uh, it was probably some. Uh, one I of it was guys. on the wall. It was a lecture. <laughs> no. Oh, no, not on the wall, that'd be awful. But, um, yeah, it's just a, not a good cock. But, um, I remember you know as well of uh, when my uh, son was born, David, it was by cesarean section, the obstetrician, it was Chris Fitzpatrick who was very much involved in the abortion uh, campaign mm. there last year, he he was the obstetrician, but I remember we, we had a big chat about comedy, when he was cutting Colette open, really? she was because, oh. and she was just lying there and he was asking me all about like different comedians and, and yeah. And about Father Ted and, and whatever was, else. Oh, was Colette? No, she wasn't out. She's just sitting there. I, I know. How did you give birth to a kid? And he's asking me a rich all. Was she not asking you to pay more attention to her? No, well, she she brought it up. But I said, I was coming mm. to talk about this. Uh, she said, Oh, remember that time? And he just called. And I was sitting there, like, foot, mm. lying there, open. Like an angel, oh. and he's talking. What's Rich Hall like? And he seems odd. He seems, you know. And yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I had a similar experience when we were in Port Leash Hospital, which has the highest uh, infant mortality rate in Ireland. But uh, <laughs> just uh, an aside there. <laughs> yeah, but it was well, that's where yeah. our kids were born. Like that's. Uh, yeah, it's, you, it's do you tell them that when they're being like, oh, naughty? Yeah, well, you're lucky to be here at the place <laughs> you were born. But uh, the nurse, uh, I was doing Fair City at the time, so it was Cal was being born, and uh, oh no, it was Reuben being born, and uh, Jesus, the nurse kept talking to me about Fair City, like the the midwife was while she was while I was holding Alicia's hand, and Alicia was starting digging her nails into my hand and. I was going, yeah, I better get on with this, like, because, you know, she was going, what's, what's Eunice like? What <laughs> <laughs> feelings like, you know, and all this, like, yeah. uh, and are you going to be, um, is it is there going to be anything happening between you and Eunice? And all this? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh, God, when I gave, uh, like, I had to, when my parents died, I was pretty much given autographs near the graveside. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what it's like to be really famous, but like just at that level, mm -hmm. it was pretty. And the priest uh, came in to give 
the last rites said uh, are you your man mm. that's your man like, yeah. he, went, he went to my brothers really really sorry for your loss really mm. sorry for yeah, yeah. Oh, you're your man on the telly and the, uh, Father Ted yeah. Well, apparently David Bedil had, had, had a thing where he was at one of the concentration camps and some guy came up to him and said, no way. when is fantasy football coming back? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I yeah, pitched yeah. Uh, a series uh, at a funeral. Uh, oh, did you? Yeah. No. Someone's dad That's died. totally Alan Partridge. Mm. And uh, uh, I know, I saw this guy... Uh, can't I won't say his name but he's a good director and uh, he, I, I was like oh yeah I've got this idea and I'll, I'll send you the thing and it was I think it was another I can't say the other guy's name whose dad died but he was a he's a big director now as well but uh, yeah I couldn't resist I just started saying that's terrible isn't it God, this is you know we're all we're all only here for a while and uh, so you know Parents and yeah, I did a thing about my dad actually, and uh, you know, uh, uh, whatever, just be more ethnic. And I said, and he said, yeah, send it to me. And I said, and it got made. Like, so it works. Oh, it works. <laughs> it's different. It's oh, that's, that's better. It's brilliant. Yeah. It's a lovely story. Yeah. 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 The place. Yeah. yeah, they're vulnerable. Yeah, yeah. they just mm. want something happy to think about, like mm. a comedy pilot. <laughs> mm. Yeah, we 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 do. Yeah, talk. There was one time we played. Um, in, in, that, in one of those sorts of situations when we were in the Joshua Trio we played um, uh, Joe Elliott had two weddings one in Ireland and one in England and whatever but uh, and we weren't told whose wedding was and all this before and it was in the Shelbourne but there was but, but suddenly it was like oh so, um, his mother's after having a heart attack and she's in she's been rushed to hospital and you know what saying yeah I, 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 will you will you go on now straight on you could try and put them in a good mood get them live and get the vibe going because <laughs> <laughs> they're a bit it's a bit down a bit dead in there with the, since the mother took the heart attack <laughs> you know, yeah. died on her arse people like Brian May looking at us like you know uh, we were it wasn't one of our better gigs and uh, one of Clan had told us not to give up the day job <laughs> as well around. Don't give up the day job. The day job. Oh. And Joe, anyone oh. was there, was he? Hmm? From Def Leppard? No, he wasn't because I think he went to the hospital, but um, but it was his, his wedding. wedding. The guests were there, yeah, and it was all like, go on out now, we were going to put you on later, but I think it'd be good if you went out now to a, cheer them up. I have a bone to pick with Joe Elliott because I was oh. doing a thing, uh, some crappy fucking, well, uh, I won't say that. But it was uh, Brendan O'Connor's show. I was doing warm up for mm. that, and uh, Robert Plant was on it, who I think mm. is amazing. And I want, I had a little guitar, and I wanted him to sign it. Mm. And first of all, they were going, "No, no, don't be bringing up your guitar. He hates that because he's not the guitarist; he's a singer." No. Like if it was Jimmy Page, yeah, fine. They wouldn't sign the throat. The RTE. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. And so, but I, I wanted to talk to Robert Plant anyway and say that I'd always been a big fan of Led Zeppelin mm. and all that. And uh, fucking Joe Elliott was just monopolising him the whole night. Right. Because I think they're both West Brom fans or something like that. Oh, right. 
and uh, I couldn't get near him. No, he's Sheffield. Sheffield, is he? Yeah, and he's your man's West, mm. right? He's, he's Midlands, yeah. Yeah. Joe like, Elliott gave me a lift home one time. Uh, <laughs> we were doing this quiz show as Tony St. James, and he uh, and he gave me a lift up to Volunteer because he yeah. wasn't step aside, you know, so he was very he's nice. Probably not. You know, I thought he was okay, you know. Do you know that story about uh, Aidan Walsh uh, meeting um, Def Leppard? Or see, he saw them, and, he, and you know, the drummer had... Uh, one arm, yeah, yeah, and he went up and said, uh, Hey, that's, that's a brilliant, uh, that's a that's a great gimmick having one arm. <laughs> <laughs> he was, he'd always come up to you, like, You're my famous in me, yeah, you're more famous than me now, yeah, yeah. <laughs> keep up the good work. Mm. Didn't he go to, he was at a funeral of, uh, what's his name? There was a writer, a journalist from the Hot Press from years ago, died quite young. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's right. He uh, <laughs> went up to his father at the funeral and went, I used to know him when I was a chicken. That's Because right, yeah. uh, he used to be dressed as a chicken outside Freebird Records. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Used to run in gym a lot, but then that, that was, of course, before the kids, when you used to be into town, in town, you used to run into these people all the time. And now you're... Yeah, that you get a bit isolated. Yeah. I felt like my social circle just shrank yes. to nothing. And all of mm, uh, I, my social circle went to nothing. And a lot of my friends had kids around the same time. And then we suddenly all just got isolated. And yeah, and, and also. Then you just go to children's mm. parties and fucking. Uh, oh you know, my god. Or yeah. play centres. Just meeting parents and play centres, and then you become friends with the parents. Oh, yeah. Oh, for mm. fuck's sake. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I you know, yeah. There's you do also become a bit of a. When you first have your first child, uh, you're talking to people who haven't had kids yet and going on about kids. I, I, I became a bit of a bore. Kids, mm. I remember that. Yeah. Do you remember me? No, I do. I know. Yeah, I, I no. did as well. I you didn't did notice that. Yeah, yeah, first. What? I didn't notice the change. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> I'm joking. No. Because I was told by the. Uh, remember, uh, but the laughter lounge. Peter Manny runs the laughter lounge, and his father used to be kind of a manager Brian, or whatever. Yeah. yeah. Brian told me not to mention the kids at a room he set. They don't yeah. want. They don't want you. They don't want to think you have kids. You know, because I'm. I was so odd. I'm so odd on stage that don't never say you Oh, kids. not because you're so mm. sexy. No, like, no, no, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That ruin yeah, the whole maybe. image. Ruin the image of the same kids. People are into mm. big heads. Yes, I know that. Yeah. So you're kind of like yeah, like like these teeny bopper pop stars. Uh, yeah. That like, somebody ruins yeah. the fantasy. Yeah. Them. My yeah. kids actually. I measured my kids' heads, and they're not that big. Mm. Uh, so it's just me okay. and none of my family had my brothers don't yeah it's probably uh, what do you call it recessive what's the a recessive gene is the it the one that skips a generation does it their yeah. kids their kids would have huge heads yeah. Yeah. Mm. yeah I wonder yeah. there must have been someone in the background yeah and I have a particularly, a particularly small head yeah so it's very difficult when we get photographs mm. together I have to stand I near I stand behind yeah. <laughs> if you notice the poster we have I'm well behind <laughs> and when I when I do selfies after gigs I have to just get a bit behind because if you see a picture of me in a selfie it's yeah. just this big head and uh, and they're all tiny little heads and they say oh your head isn't that big it's not that big it and then look really. it is though well, it is, but measure it I'll tell you why are you big enough fella I have the biggest head in my family like but uh, I, I, I was surprised that yeah. you had I didn't think you would have had a bigger head but you when we were getting the wigs on Stu you had to have mine is one, deceptively yeah, large I was in another yeah. league yeah. 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 I remember it's, Conor it's McAllister did I never had I love a little bigger head I had to send off to England for a wig for you do you know it was a big head Vincent Company 
Really? Oh, yeah. really? But you know, he is actually very smart. You know that? Uh, well, I'm not saying from Man City. Yeah, yeah. Man City. Yeah. But he has a very big head. Yeah. Well, he's say. smart for a footballer, you know. He's is one he of the a clever a footballers. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Now, nice bloke yeah. by the look of it. Didn't he hug your man who... Who's last game yesterday with the Bruno Brighton? Yeah, Jesus, uh, your man got sacked. The Brighton manager. Yeah. Did he? Yeah. Fuck them. Yeah, Fuck for, them. For messing he's up the most. City. <laughs> he's the most unlucky man. He brought Newcastle up and it was doing well, and yeah. then they sacked yeah. him. Yeah. 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 I mean, Brighton are going to go down then. Yeah, they're they're shy. They I hope Brighton go down. The only reason I'm shouting for them at all, and I, I don't think me well, shouting for them made a difference. I'm staying up, but it was just Chris Hutton. I mean, you know, he really left Man City. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know. Unbelievable. Because like, they're a tiny ground. Like, they have no money. <laughs> right, yeah. They're going down. Brighton, you are going down. You scum. And Hove. <laughs> <laughs> scum. Hove must feel very left out. I mean, you know, these years. Well, Brighton are doing Yeah. Yeah. Hove is like. It's like Russian Lusk Station. Oh, what? Yeah, the couple. There. Or uh, what is that plate? Tom Tobago, uh, Trinidad, and Trinidad and Tobago. And Tobago. You never hear about Trinidad, Tobago. Yeah, A lot of those Tobago. sort of double act countries split up eventually. <laughs> you know, Czechoslovakia, Bosnia and Herzegovina. They oh, yeah. last. Northern Ireland. Yeah. yeah, Bosnia went solo and they're doing really well. Now. Yeah, yeah. Usually one of them is more talented. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> but like, what do you think, Freddie Starr? Though was it like he was good. He's. He, mm. uh, there was a certain time I was obsessed with him. Like, say, I'd say before I got into Spike Milligan, mm. I'd say mm. Freddie Starr was huge. Thing. Is he did that Saturday Night Show, Mad the Freddie Starr Madhouse? Yeah, I think Ross Abbott took over from it, but Freddie Starr for a time, I thought he was the funniest thing ever. Yeah, I, I, he was very funny. Well, he was, he was physically, amazing. physically yeah, very funny. Yeah. I thought he was. Yeah, he was in mm. the same league as Benny Hill, and you know <laughs> that's like. <laughs> Like no, not the Premier League. No, yeah, but no, no. you were like in no. a twelve. Better though. Dick Emery, yeah. I think. Dick Emery is actually very funny. I look mm. back at him. Yeah. Very, yeah. very funny, yeah. clever guy. But mm. no, Frey Star, he just kept repeating. He, his act never changed. Right. Yeah, and he yeah. just did the same few bits over and over. But he's insane. Do you see an audience of Freddie Star yeah. where he gets a bag maggots. full of maggots and throws it on the. It's funny though. He was. But it's funny. Celebrity audience. Yeah. Brilliant. I I met him on I was doing Noel's house party. And oh. he was doing yeah. it. But he they were just trying to make sure he stayed awake for the interview because he was out of his head. He yeah. was just on quaaludes or something. Yeah. The whole day that he was able to his restaurant all that. Probably not a, a bit libelous to say it, but it was yeah. I was very sad yeah. at the time because I did th- think it, I, I remembered like when I was a kid he was mad and brilliant ah well indeed we talk about uh, Freddie Starr there who uh, sadly died recently he's got some funny sketches if you want to look up maybe Freddie Starr speeded up song and um, there is a bit where he does an audience of Freddie Starr and he throws maggots at the celebrity audience Actually, don't think it is maggots now. If I looked at it, I think he, he it was a trick. But um, then, uh, so we talked a bit for a while of things that I couldn't put out, and uh, ended up talking about Linda Martin. So here's my chat about Linda Martin. Linda Martin rang me one time. 
find that. My, my dog went missing and Ken Sweeney uh, uh, heard about it and wants to put it in one of the tablets. You know Ken Sweeney listens to this podcast show, I should tell you. Yeah, but Ken, hi Ken. And uh, <laughs> he <laughs> said uh, it'll be a nice article and I said, yeah, well, it might get my dog back as well. So, uh, And then he said, Linda Martin loves dogs like she rescues dogs so i'll tell her as well and so it was it was winter it was snowing it was really bad snow and the boiler went in my house and it was freezing i was sitting in the living room freezing with just a duvet around me and uh the phone rang and it was linda martin i knew it i heard your dog went missing joe you know she just wanted a Mm. yeah description of the dog right it was just must have bizarre does she live near you no so what help could she be with the dog? None Just really. emotional help mm. for you? Yeah. And have you met her before? No, I haven't met her since either. So, mm. yeah. don't well, know how much emotional help that would be even. Because you don't even know the uh, She didn't care about me at all. It was She only cares dog. about dogs. Mm. Okay. Mm. Yeah. She just said she'd keep an eye out. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Linda. <laughs> what time is it? Three in the morning or something? <laughs> she didn't get much sympathy off us. <laughs> I must her to tell. No, no, you never rang. Just Ken Sweeney, Sweeney and Linda Martin. Mm. <laughs> and then your car was, went missing. I was more what? concerned when you lost your when your bike was stolen. Yeah, but, that, but his car as well. That car. Car. Oh yeah, I remember that. Everything you lose, it yeah. goes But, it, 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 it's a big but it was never me that lost anything. It was always Father Damo. Father oh, Damo's yeah. dog is missing. <laughs> okay, <laughs> Linda Martin. She wouldn't be care about the car, would she? No, she didn't ring me about that. No. Mm. My uh, son stopped a bank robber and Ken Sweeney did the story on it. Really? Because I thought it was amazing because my wife and mm. Cal went to the Bank of Ireland in uh, Terra Neuer and they were just coming They were coming out and uh, oh no, they were going in and this guy, I think he must have been a junkie or something, but he had robbed the tray of all the coins that mm. they... You, or he'd grab loads of mm. like just very little but like just loads of coins and as they were coming out he bumped into Cal and Cal just sort of knocked him over uh, he, he knocked all the coins flying and the yeah. man ran off okay. so he ran off without the money right. and so I just rang Ken and I was saying this is mad like this just mm. happened today and then he, it was on like the front page was like page three of one of the papers. Mm. And it was like cool, page yeah. three is letting itself go. That's a guarantee of. It was like <laughs> yeah. Yeah. a little picture yeah. of Cal looking up like that, looking real tough. Yeah. And like, he stopped a bank robber. Like, yeah, mine wouldn't do that. I've rare them to hate the banks. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, he regrets it now. Yeah, yeah. I know. He was very young. You know, they think they just yeah. think it's like the television. The bad guy robs the bank when now they know the truth yeah <laughs> did you have if when your show was coming out on TV and then the PR people go uh, uh, we, we, you know the mirror or some tabloid wants to talk to you about whatever's coming out yeah but they don't really want to talk about it they want a scandal yeah, have you ever mm. had those like you know what I mean like they're yeah, going yeah. And you're going you're racking your brain yeah, yeah you've know, you got an angle like uh, we need uh, something yeah. you know, I wish I was a junkie or something or you kind of go oh, I wish I went to rehab I wish I had a story or I had a, mm. a really bad illness or something to talk about because uh, they don't want to just mm. go whatever is coming out the new uh, the new series of Savage Eyes coming out oh, they want to 
Well, well Dave McSavage is great at coming up with some controversy. Yeah. He'll yeah. do something to get that. I would never have the nerve. He kind of does stuff anyway. Yeah, he does. Yeah, that's just <laughs> his life. Like nature, yeah. But, like, you know, he gets stuck up a tree or mm. something like it's in the use. And uh, but I couldn't do that. Like I, yeah, I don't. Well, I'm in this room. Uh, you know, m- most most of the latter part of my life is in this room here that we're in now. Yeah. So yeah, you don't. The, well, mind you, the odd thing, the, the nearest there was a homing pigeon. Their cat caught a homing pigeon out, out the back there one day. That'll be about the most exciting. <laughs> mind you, it could have been a drug trafficking pigeon here in Crumlin. You know? <laughs> <laughs> or just stay out of that. You just right. don't get involved. Yeah. Well, maybe yeah. she, if you maybe see a pigeon, yeah, it does take its course. There was yeah. a pigeon there worth a million and a quarter. There that was sold for a million and a quarter. A, a racing pigeon. Um, I didn't know I do they cost that I hope I hope that one that uh, our cat yeah, actually I don't care if you had a pigeon worth that much you wouldn't want it to that's why Dick Dastardly all those years right. kept chasing it and uh, you'd think you remember that no. catch, catch the pigeon, pigeon catch the pigeon catch the remember Dick Dastardly and Muttley no mm. they're all chasing this pigeon every yeah all <laughs> yeah. oh, right. yeah yeah yeah, yeah. the pigeons yeah he does a great Muttley just <laughs> <laughs> I love Dick Dastardly. I always wish he caught it because I didn't like the pigeon particularly. You know? Was Penelope pit stop in that? Or no, 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 no. That I was another. That was the wacky racist. Right. But I had a lot of I'll problems. I'll get you, yeah, Penelope pit stop. I love cats. Do it again. And I do it again. So. I'll get you, yeah, Penelope pit stop. Oh, that's brilliant. Yeah. I'm gonna die. <laughs> I just have to. Nearly The cartoons are very prejudiced against cats in particular. You know, if you like cats. Yeah, yeah they're bad they're guys often. Know, yeah, you know. Sylvester, Sylvester, yeah. But I, I only noticed when I was older uh, in Tom and Jerry, it was always there was always a big black lady with big fat legs. They've redubbed all of those now with just a regular black lady instead of all the big mama. You know, it's all just smooth out. Oh, like in and Dumbo as well. There's a black guy singing about how happy Mm. he is. Yeah, working on this slave plantation <laughs> oh yeah no I don't think that's in the new Tim Burton one yeah but like the, the old one definitely yeah. and then there's an acid scene there's a the, the, the original acid scene correctness gone, in yeah. what in Dumbo do you know the one <laughs> Pink Elephant yeah. on oh, Parade it's unbelievable it's yeah. amazing Pink Elephant's on is that a Fantasia no no no, no. Heffalumps and Woozles what's no, that no no you're thinking that's, that's that was much later in, oh, in Winnie the Pooh. Check the it Pooh. out. On That's pretty psychedelic. No, but this is from the forties. It's unbelievable. Mm, yeah. yeah, the original acid trip. Right. Check it out. Wow. Right. Yeah. Uh, nothing more acidy than the Alice in Wonderland, the Disney Alice in Wonderland. Oh really? <coughs> I think so. Oh, I saw it when I was a kid. I, I was. What the hell is this? No, yeah, yeah. mental. I've never done acid. I've never. I, I love all that wor- world. I love all the music. Some of it. And uh, mm. I've never had wanted to do it. It'd be scary. I always thought that your stand-up was informed by acid. Mm. People often think, they assume that I do it, but obviously I just, mm. my brain, just, my big brain, my big head <laughs> just <laughs> naturally creates it. Creates Silicon Yeah, 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 exactly, yeah. But no, no, I'd be too scared to do it. I, I wouldn't like that. Would you mm. know? Yeah. Well, I'm thinking of doing a, a Magic Mushrooms uh, in Denver in the uh, near future you want to be very careful I had a very bad one in Amsterdam uh, taking these bought these mushrooms they were legal and, uh, <coughs> and I know a few people who've actually made this mistake and it was absolutely terrifying mm. uh, like and just 
we were told there was a thing on it to eat chocolate there was stuff and chocolate into our mouth how mm. we could even figure out that you should take chocolate was anyone's guess but mm. couldn't figure out if the difference between awake and asleep or what was the difference between in being in Amsterdam and being in Dublin or even and who, who am what I what chocolate did you take I, like yeah. when you're on mushrooms Milky Way I don't know, or some, it was, I'd say it was some Mars Dutch stuff you know oh, okay. probably you know um Galaxy. Probably a bit of a waste because I didn't get the joy out of it. And it, was probably <laughs> like, it might have been Belgian, you know, as well, or you know, but like, yeah. But uh, I don't know if it worked. But eventually, you came up. But I'd be very careful. Yeah. First of all, uh, you don't want to be taking any acid in, in with in a strange place. I would have thought that yeah. would be the weirdest thing to do in a, yeah. a country that you. <laughs> ハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハ
psychedelic substances oh, and on. loads of and a few I have a great really bad ones actually yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no but I've had so lots of really good ones that I would recommend it but I've had a few really bad ones that, that just stopped me from doing yeah that's what happened to me with those I didn't want to go forever <laughs> that again yeah the but worst then, thing is uh, vomiting when you're really tripping because uh, you've had drink as well so you're vomiting mm. and it's all psychedelic but it's like it all looks like maggots yeah. and they're coming towards you mm. and and but it's all swirling around as well in different colours yeah. so it's kind of beautiful so that's when you're, <laughs> and then you're like there's loads more of it and mm. you're like would that be one of the ones you wouldn't recommend that, that was just loads of mushrooms and loads of wine so it was right. red as well mm. oh but yeah I, I had to look after you one night in oh in my god my that was probably one of the worst that was the worst acid trip I've ever had in my life it was amazing in a way but uh, you were not even aware of me uh, yeah, yeah by, by this uh, there were loads of other people in the room that weren't there that were people we knew you pissed in my fireplace yes because uh, I t- so first of all I was out on the street wasn't I and there was all the hedges and I thought that was a yeah. big crowd of people and I was saying you you I can't remember what I was saying to them but I was trying to get them all worked up to, to take some action of some sort and, and then being hedges they yeah. didn't react yeah but they looked like people to me and then <laughs> there were loads of people like Eric and uh, Wooly and people that mm. I knew mm. that were there in the room and we were all I was talking to them but they weren't there and I uh, and it then was not, it was I like, was spinning um, around on the floor and I kept looking at a poster on the wall of something I don't know but what was happening in my era I was you were just pacing a lot yeah. not I, I was going Paul and you weren't seeing me yeah and then you pissed in my fireplace because I thought and then you were, <laughs> I thought it must be the toilet because it's I can't remember why the logic but it was like oh this isn't a real fireplace so it must be a toilet so I did a piss in it mm. that was a bad trip you nearly mm. <laughs> I nearly what shot on Arles I did I nearly shot on Earl Hanlon's couch <laughs> <laughs> Thank God you said that because I thought mine was embarrassing. <laughs> that's the that's the, <laughs> that's the name of my autobiography. <laughs> that's your. I'm so story. glad you. <laughs> I'm so glad you brought that up. Yeah, 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 I was yeah, getting yeah. a bit uncomfortable. So glad you didn't story. bring it up on the night. Yeah, there was a poker match. There was going to be a poker match over at there was one actually over at uh, Ardell's house when he lived uh, uh, near near enough to Wexford Street, and uh, I was had a bad cough so I was drinking a lot of cough med- I brought a bottle of cough medicine and a bottle of whiskey and so I, was, I just got really out of it and I wanted to go to the toilet and I just thought the couch was the t- toilet mm. it was a, who stopped uh, you did it? someone said Joe stop it was taking me pants down oh, oh it wasn't like you were halfway through like the tail was no I was taking me pants down and going to have a shit <laughs> I think it's I think it's you did that a lot though <laughs> maybe you pissed on the curtains in uh, Edinburgh remember it with Brendan Burke yeah that's really okay. twice I, uh, but no I remember being in your flat yeah you think I'm and you bad were crawling. <laughs> you were crawling weren't you and you were going to go downstairs all the way down to <laughs> there was a toilet in your flat but you were crawling downstairs what to go this? to the toilet in your flat remember up on uh, up beside whatever that, that hotel remember, remember uh, on Clare Street Clare Street yeah 
I remember you on your hands and knees and you were crawling and trying to get down the stairs to do the shit. Remember that. Talking of things you do when you're yeah. really drunk, but do you remember you and me? Then. We no. bumped into no. the no. we bumped into the Trinity Ball and we went into there was a party going on in one of the like the students' residences in one of the the buildings yeah. there, and we decided to rob uh, golf clubs from there and we put them in our trousers right but it was on the third floor well, you couldn't bend and our knees and we didn't figure on the fucking stairs on the way down so we were like this and they walking down with really golf clubs in our trousers to go down we wanted to play plastic. golf out oh, god knows what we were on oh, but we wanted to play with golf outside on the green mm. and then but there was loads of fucking security and stuff like mm. uh, walking around going in and out and we had to try and walk past them with the golf clubs going down the stairs but do you find it hard now to <laughs> preach to your children about drinking drugs I will after this <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay, so like, I have that problem that's one of my big problems is uh, with the kids we've yeah. talked with the kids earlier is just not being able to let them watch videos that I've made and they have watched they have seen a few of them like you know they go on oh you know that one where you did that that's her, you know and uh, that that's become one of the issues that like they, and, and the Ding Dong album they can't really be really listening to that uh, you know mm. well, isn't there one where you, you spit at English people in it or something what's that <laughs> one <laughs> <laughs> spit at God you're grits. very protective because I let my kids watch you know, was that anything you know I mean yeah. really we're well, a bit older but do you think there's Jesus a sense Christ. of uh, like yeah. generally though with, kid, with your kids do you feel like well I can't really I can't because I I know what I was like at that age and Alicia is the same she was mm. mad when she was young yeah. and so they're getting to that age now where it was kind of, it is kind of like when we were at that age you kind of you hold back a bit from really remonstrating mm. with them too much but the problem is that you, you know uh, if you had a mad youth like we did mad shit mm. Mm. you have more of an idea of what the dangerous yeah, shit yeah. kids get up to mm. yeah and so you're kind of more alarmed I think I, but yeah. it's more alarming mm. now like the grass mm. is so strong that they smoke now skunk is like mm. almost acid the, yeah the, it is the, like yeah. compared to what we used to smoke which was just like grass yeah. n- normal grass and a bit of hash yeah, yeah the drugs that a bit of a we all had to take to get the same yeah, yeah we take loads. Well, like a lot of kids in our circle, I'm aware of ki- people who've dabbled in in cannabis and have ended up with mental health issues. Mm, that's true. It's quite yeah, common, and that's yeah, been around yeah. for a while. Yeah. And so yeah. well, I have to be much more careful. I could never. I get yeah, really never, paranoid. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's never agreed with me to be honest. Made me very yeah, paranoid. I never really liked it. Mm. I don't want to say my kids won't hear it, but I mean, I did smoke it a bit, and I, I remember studying for it was I did a degree and I remember studying and it was brilliant it was great it relaxed me and I was able to come up with all these ideas and it was brilliant I loved it mm. and then in the 90s I smoked again and it was horrible like mm. It, it, mm. I think it was becoming stronger then yeah, right, yeah. and uh, I felt very paranoid and just yeah. awful it just was almost like tripping when it's gone when you're yeah. back that's different normal. isn't it oh, they, they, there's the two ingredients and the THC is the very active one but now they've practically eliminated the the one the cannabinoids uh, yeah it's just THC yeah, which yeah, is yeah. kind of makes people but we do uh, we, I try to my, my son is 16 and I give him a glass of beer you know just to see if, if just that it's it's normal 
and, and like I don't drink much well, at home and you drink a, a glass of beer with them and it's normal and that's yeah. fine but is that the start of something terrible or is it good no, to I show them being responsible I think you're better off because they are going to always end up with other kids you know peer pressure drinking so if you can show them like moderate drinking habits yeah absolutely they, they will see what you're doing mm. um, I think you can't be telling the kids not to drink if you're going out and having seven or eight pints yourself like it, the, mm, yeah but that's, they do say that yeah kids they're more likely to pick up on things because you do them or if they mm. see that you read they're more likely to read and that mm. kind of stuff mind all isn't it? yeah mind all they don't read they'll drink but not read yeah <laughs> <laughs> But I mean, in saying that, my, my you know, like, uh, you know, I, I collecting my eldest from the school and they're all singing songs about weed, you know, and all of this. And they're all, you know, already in the nine year old, you yeah. know, go, is into XXX Tentacion or whatever he's called. And, you know, it's definitely, you know, they're all into the rappers and like, oh, yeah, he was shot. He had been in juvie for armed robbery and then now he was killed or whatever. Yeah. You know, like right. already they're into these kind of the bad boys really and and I suppose rap probably represents that more Sid Vicious was a big character when I grew up and that you know and we didn't Mm. go mad like that you know it's all Drake now oh yeah no I'm just saying but they are like that's where they go ah yeah I mean god I mean the idea of saying some kind of music uh, you know being shocked it's difficult for us to be shocked by some act that's outrageous I mean when we used to listen to people like scraping fetus off a wheel <laughs> in the <laughs> 80s I mean you know like we, it was all this and Terry Yubu the final solution and all these you know so, songs scraping a fetus off a wheel that was a band was it, was, it was the most outrageous guy G- yeah but they used to have changed their name with fetus they also called themselves fetus over frisco and yeah, there's all speed is in the name. Yeah, that yeah. Would they probably gristle or another? Sex gang. Outfit what was that? Sex gang children. Yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. You know what I mean? Like it's I like heard of severed head in the neck fuckers. Was it Genesis P. Orridge used to be? What was it? It was probably oh, Gristle and then, this, yeah. and then the yeah. other crowd. And, the, and I remember reading a review in The Enemy and they said, there's a room you go into at the gig and they just said, just don't go in there. Whatever you do, don't go in there. He's a woman now, isn't he? He, uh, well, he's kind of, his. he she and his partner have, a she. A, have, have sort of changed their bodies to become one, the same thing. So oh, they both really? transitioned to halfway. They're meeting in Mullingar, They are, yeah, so he's not quite a woman. They're the same gender. Right, just a little information on some of these bands. There is a band called Scraping Fetus Off the Wheel. However, the band, I suppose, were in generally referred to as Fetus because they they continued to change their name to uh, different names uh, with the word Fetus in it. Like, you've got Fetus on your breath, Fetus Interruptus, and I believe Fetus Over Frisco was one of their names. And um, anyway, that is a musical project of Australian J.G. Thurlwell. Now, Genesis P. Orge, he was in a band called Throbbing Gristle at first. Their biggest single, one which was in the house I was living in, my friend Sean O'Connor had, was Zyklon B. Zombie. Then they had an album called 20 Jazz Funk Greats, which is 
an amazing uh, cover. The, the, the four uh, guys, there's a girl and two blokes on the, three blokes on the cover, and they're like, they look like they could be a, a folk band or something, and uh, the album is nothing to do with jazz funk, but it's called 20 Jazz Funk Greats. So I thought, I always thought that was hilarious when I first saw that they just, that someone is going to buy that in the record shop just presuming it's jazz funk and uh, it's totally just experimental stuff um so there was two members of that band then chris uh, and cozy cozy fanny tutty and chris uh left and joined and became chris and cozy and they have a good album and then look up chris and cozy the song heartbeat that's pretty good so uh let's get back to genesis p orange then he formed psychic tv and we reference here where i say did he become a woman he let me get to that now i'll tell you it's called the thing called the pandrogyny project in january 1993 genesis Orridge, that is, and second wife to be Lady J, moved to Ridgewood, Queens in New York City. Here they embarked on the Pandrogyny Project. Influenced by the cut-up technique, the duo underwent body modification to resemble one another, thus coming to identify themselves as a single Pandrogynous being named Brayer P. Orridge. In doing so, the pair spent $200,000 on surgical alteration, receiving breast implants, cheek and chin implants, lip plumping eye and nose jobs, tattooing and hormone therapy, while also adopting gender-neutral and alternating pronouns. With this project, P. Orridge's intent was to express a belief that the self is pure consciousness trapped within the DNA-governed body. The couple adopted the term pandrogyne because, in their words, we wanted a word without any history or any connections with things, a word with its own story and its own information. And he also stated that we started out because we were so crazy in love, just wanting to eat each other up to become each other and to become one. And as we did that, we started to see that it was affecting us in ways that we didn't expect. Really, we were just two parts of one whole. The pandrogyne was the whole and we were each other's half. So that's quite amazing, really, to uh, for a couple to, to actually become one being so to speak and to be to to intentionally want to look like each other and just as an aside in june 1998 Breyer prh won a one and a half million dollar lawsuit against producer rick rubin and his american recordings label for injuries sustained while trying to escape a fire at rubin's home in april 1995 well that'll go a bit towards uh all those operations so that was after that though so uh anyway and i didn't find any references to a band called severed head and the neck fuckers so um don't know where that came from but uh okay back to the podcast the idea that that gigs were dangerous though is is it's fascinating that you would go somewhere. When you're younger, mm. you, you'd imagine that there's a gig somewhere where it's just mad shit happening. 
Well, I remember when you first, like, when I first went to gigs, you know, and you'd see these bands back in the 70s, like with the line, I, I just imagined they were all heroin addicts, more or less, you know, yeah. that like they were just like, oh my God, who are these people? It was fascinating, you know, like that. Somehow there was something about these people that was like. It seemed very romantic. Fascinating as well. There was a romantic thing, even from school, all of the poets who did opium or whatever, and there was a romantic Mm. thing about drugs. But like, there was this romantic thing about taking drugs. And then you meet junkies and they're very boring and (laughs) you want to avoid them at all costs. Mm. Very boring. I remember the first time I was talking to a friend of ours, actually, uh, and I was talking to him and he went to sleep while I was talking to him. <laughs> and I just thought, uh, it must yeah. be really boring. That's actually what our, I thought. It was the guy I'm thinking of, he actually came to one of our gigs in UCD and he sat at the front and he fell asleep yeah. the whole gig. And mm. another time he was in uh, another friend of mine's house and he made himself a cup of tea and he was like that, right? And he started leaning over and, and like he was going to drink the cup of tea. And I went to the Jacks and I was in there for a while now. And mm. I came back and he was still like that asleep, just with the cup of tea. <laughs> you hadn't got to it. Mm. <laughs> he used to come around, like, remember we used to get uh, rent out uh, VHS uh, films, films. Yeah. And we'd all be about a, a guy, maybe seven or eight of us watch yeah. a film. And then we'd, he'd nod off and we'd have to keep rewinding the film. <laughs> it would take <laughs> fucking ages That's to really watch it. That's drugs. <laughs> <laughs> that is <laughs> Jim Morrison was just the same. Mm. I remember years ago going in the Dole as well. The idea that you're going up as well, and the, the guy, yeah, I lost me card. He was an issue that I had it in there and that pocket, like, and uh, they were, like don't have it anymore. Like you know, pro- what they do, they give you a yellow one, and then like five minutes later, it's then going to get a yellow one because I lost the card yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know he wasn't I, about I, to write Strawberry Fields forever or something like that <laughs> no it wasn't yeah, yeah. he wasn't the great or creative the, or rush the, uh, yeah or that that first uh, Velvet yeah. Underground album no. seemed like if heroin was a brand it's let itself go because it was the thing wasn't it it was well, Charlie Parker all the jazzers thing. then the Velvet well, Underground and they had the song heroin and it was just yeah. on all these great debts that were very glamorous and but then it's just, it's got, just gone went to shit. Dublin and it really lost the glamour. Yeah, it you know, they don't even sound the same. <laughs> those junkies are now, you know, all the they they did the brand manager not have a word? <laughs> <laughs> did not have a meeting somewhere in New York? Yeah, most of them. Next challenge. It's kind of blue, you know? It's so perfect day. In a way, it is a bit like. It's my song. life. It's my wife. You know what I mean? For the repeating. <laughs> I'm, I'm waiting for my man. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> waiting for your man. Your man. Yeah. Waiting for your man. <laughs> you know the Pixie song? Here comes your man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Here you come now. Yeah. But it is, I suppose, like a chorus. They do come round. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, we're saying Mexico now, apparently, the dro- there's the farmers are stopping growing uh, poppies or whatever because uh, fentanyl is... Uh, taken over oh, right, know, yes. uh, that heroin is sort of just there's no money in it that fentanyl is the thing now Mexico is very fentanyl or whatever How, what's it made from I don't it's, uh, it's, it's made hung. in China like some it's, oh, not, China? it's not grown it's made mm-hmm. in the laboratory mm. right you know. fentanyl 
incredible, a hundred times stronger than heroin. Like, I mean, yeah. that does seem that's class. You can see, I, I, I would worry about, I, uh, you know, in the flats in Dublin, you know, lads trying to measure that out. I'd say that's grand there. Yeah, you any chance of you overdosing? I'm very secret. The idea of buying a drug of any of those people and trusting them to have. You know, well, it was always funny with me as well. I oh, know I don't, but I got pure MDMA. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that you should, that's pure MDMA. Well, I told <laughs> we, we have a mutual well, friend yeah. around here, and we just <laughs> overheard a conversation. I oh, know cannabis, you know, it's a very creative drug, and oh, like, yeah. yeah, you know, it's not. Yeah, you know, and sometimes you, you, you'll need a spirit guide. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I, that didn't happen to me, but this, this other bloke, yeah, that he did the spirit guide. Yeah. Uh, apparently, that's amazing if you made the spirit guide. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think but, it's funny junkies on the Lewis, uh, uh, or public transport, but I've, uh, I've seen them on the Lewis doing deals with each other and thinking that no one can hear them they go it's really loud I know really you see me fucking hand there just next to you just, just take it don't be making a show of me now like for fuck's sake just yeah. take it right? yeah, but the, there was a time when it was just the elite very wealthy highly oh, educated yeah. elite Dublin, Dublin, so you got an association with well, creativity and genius but these were just fucking you know, <coughs> it wasn't the drugs it was the they were very clever people to begin with mm. but then as you go down coffee. and down and down it doesn't make you creative or a genius I think it's just yeah, exacerbates any, commodity, it, any yeah. commodity that comes in like tea, coffee, sugar yeah. all those things were very much the rich the elite yeah. had them first but then you associate the drug with the creativity and it's yeah. not it's the yeah. they were creative yeah. already yeah. Patrick yeah. Melrose yeah. it's not really I've never really met that kind of junkie no and, you know, yeah. Uh, Patrick Melrose yeah <laughs> <laughs> Ah, yeah, we're hanging out with Patrick. <laughs> I know, well, I've met a lot of very uh, well-educated middle-class people who, I suppose, they thought they were dabbling, but they ended up doing it a lot. Yeah. And I know, I know a very, very smart. Yeah, and they were, like, middle-class. Mm. Yeah, no, I have known them, yeah, yeah as well. But, but it's kind of like, you fi- I think they. there's a feeling of that it's a bit sort of arrogant to do that or something to be you have every opportunity in life and you have a great mind and a brain and you're probably mm. in the creative field and then you just you want to see what it's like kind of for mm. a few years or whatever like people just get it's just so addictive it's like nicotine is so addictive that it doesn't matter yeah. who you are where you're from mm. what your brain will create a reason for you to keep smoking mm. cigarettes or to keep getting rid mm. of the withdrawal symptoms of any drug yeah but is there an environmental thing as well you know like uh, there's more chance of getting addicted if your environment is shit definitely definitely well, I, think I think so you need yeah. an underlying sort of genetic makeup for that but yeah. also the environment plays a role in it as well that's mm. why I think with middle class people it's a self-destructive thing it's probably a rebellion against mm. their parents or against you know it's more of a rebellion thing whereas mm. for other people it's almost a necessity to get away from the grimness yeah. of... But you do meet some middle-class people or upper-middle-class people who were the children of very successful people who mm, self-destruct because yeah. they can't true, live yeah. up to the... Mm. Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's not going to happen with our kids. <laughs> <laughs> no pressure. No pressure on them. <laughs> no pressure, yeah, yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. But oh, the, well. the other thing is, like, when I, when I was in my 20s, and you dabble very lightly in drugs, very lightly, I have to say. But, you know, you have a good idea on it, on something, on a drug. Mm. And you think, oh, the fuck, it's the creativity. It opened mm. up mm. all my channels. But then you realise you do a lot more sober you do you can yeah, work if you work hard enough on something yeah. you come up with better ideas sober yeah, it's I ridiculous there's no association work can drugs become a drug like if you actually you know eventually like yourself and you like your work that becomes very can become very addictive I even you know what that felt well no but like yeah. you have the inertia yeah, of getting yeah. started on a job yes. like of, of something that you want, need to write or you need to do this you need to try a character or whatever some creative thing and you mm. fucking don't want to even get started but once you get into it yeah, it's almost true. addictive and you don't want it to, to stop mm. exercise is better than anything I find yeah absolutely get a great yeah. kick off that do you mm. run a marathon yeah, yeah. Okay. Kick, do you get yeah. the marathon yeah. kick yeah oh yeah okay. uh, do you get a uh, high uh, from uh, running yeah uh, if it's interesting some people don't mm. I get a high yeah. I get a buzz I, I feel it I, but do you run a lot I can feel the kick no I walk a lot but I used to run a bit you know when getting fit yeah I can feel kind of better but not like you know what I <laughs> you know that you know that kind of real e. You know when you mix e and tequila. You know that boosty you get. You know, so yeah. Just from walking. That one. It's not really like that. It's a different kind of more clarity, bit bit more cokey buzz. Yeah. Yeah. But I think Superhands did become addicted to running. Remember that in T show. During yeah. the e years in the nineties, before the kids, there was loads of these guys who would talk like that about like like they were like experts on it. Yeah. yeah if you just hold on like, like it's just your buzz will come up like that you know yeah, just wait yeah. about 20 minutes you know but don't don't drink anything before that you yeah. know yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. and then drink yeah. loads of water after 3 hours and here we are Actually, and then dance for 2 minutes the other funny thing about E was that they'd have all these different names on it there'd be Mitsubishis and Shamrocks Oh no, they're Mitsubishi's. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It yeah. to be a little simple on just like this, as if these were like completely different. Like it was like drinking whiskey compared with beer or something. <laughs> oh, they're Mitsubishi's now. You'll like those. Oh do man. Remember, we used to do, I don't know if I should mention it, but we'd uh, get these uh, poppy heads from the shop. Dried poppy heads. Mm. And make tea out of them. And uh, it was, you'd be off your face. Yeah, and mm. your man, what's his name? Is it Steve Earle? Can't eat poppy seed bread. Oh really? Because he's like he, you know, because he was a heroin addict, and that like, yeah, that even mm. that could wow. be wow could trigger him to go yeah. looking for something. Mm. Yeah. Jeez, so you, you, you eat a sandwich and you think, oh fuck, I'm dying for a fix. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I wrote my best album after eating that sandwich. <laughs> 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 I just open up yeah. my mind, my creativity. <laughs> But, um, but like, but if you were to go by that logic as well, that like taking drugs and it's more creative, like, Jesus, imagine if Bork Bacharach had been taken smack. I know, I mean, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Do you know the way that was yeah. like, would, would he have been? Yeah. 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 I mean, he was pretty, you know, he's like he's grand and all, but yeah, can you yeah, imagine, yeah. like, yeah. you know, <laughs> yeah, or you know, or Paul McCartney, if only he got addicted to heroin, yeah, like, Christ, what would he have done? Yeah, you know? yeah, it's kind of. Yeah, it's yeah, it's well, like they. I think and with Bowie and all them, their their brilliance was despite their addictions. Mm, absolutely, and they Bowie got better would, when they quit. Bowie would say that. Yeah. Bowie would say that, wouldn't he? Yeah, well, Bowie got better. I mean, he had those great mm. albums just after he kicked the heroin. Mm. I mean, he wrote good stuff on Coke or whatever. It was Coke, yeah. sorry. 
and uh, yeah, give me drugs around. But the, the coke thing, when he quit, then he made mm. like, heroes and low and whatever. Mm. Yeah. I would say, though, that uh, uh, Heroin, that song Heroin, is a brilliant song. So maybe he could have an insight into heroin. I don't know if he was a heroin <coughs> addict at that time. Really? I think that was probably just describing one heroin experience that he had. So, I mean, right. he's using probably the next day, he's using all his songwriting abilities to, to mm. describe it. He was writing about, the, 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 about New York at the time. It didn't, seem, like, you know, it didn't uh, seem to me like a heroin trip looking at junkies. Like it was like, and I did a spike into my vein. That's true. More yeah. of a spike into me. Yeah, yeah. If you were yeah, to write. Maybe that's what it feels like to them. You know? Yeah. Maybe they yeah. are getting that rush. Yeah. But uh, yeah. it's a good song. It's, uh, I mean... I'd there say it would have been amazing to be in New York yeah, is, and uh, Zoom is about sorry? heroin. Yeah. There she goes is meant to be about heroin, isn't she? If you ask people, but see the other one, Zoom, which was just this pop song, what was it? Zoom, Zoom, my breath and cocaine. It's about heroin. Oh uh, apparently it's about uh, heroin. Oh no, well, I mean they cocaine. say that about every You know, you could say about Annie Lopes. Perfect day was supposed to be about. It is, her, is it? It, it is, is about heroin in the yeah. park, yeah. <coughs> he took heroin in the zoo, did he? Think so. <laughs> yeah, it is, that's a fun No, he was trying to give it to him, and the guy said, Sorry, you can't inject the animals. <laughs> funny, yeah, so the in Dublin, that would be very different, wouldn't it? You know, it was a perfect day buzzing out the animals in the zoo. No, you know, the zoo, the zoo logical garden. The Azu. The Azu. The Azu. You know that song, the logical garden? It is pretty funny. The one about getting in with the baboon. Yeah. The hairy baboon. If he doesn't come soon, I'll get in with the hairy baboons. Down in the zoological gardens. Who sang that? Yeah. Uh, Ronnie Drew. Yeah, Ronnie Drew. So the girl, the woman's waiting on a date. She says, if he doesn't come soon, she'll get in with the baboon. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. well, you, you had a good one. Animals are bastards, wasn't it? Oh, animals are bastards. Yeah, we yeah. shot the video in the zoo, which they were told. It was kind of like, well, I remember going down the camera to do it, yeah, and like the, it's interspersed with all, all this, with kind of looking at, Jays, would you look at them? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> they do fuck all all day. <laughs> Look at those, and we're paying for that. <laughs> and all that, you know that. But uh, yeah. we weren't supposed to film there. But the lads, the, the keepers, on our way. Did you just get everything you need? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know, likes it. But uh, yeah, it was the animals are bastards. Yeah, it was, um, the zoo are cool though. We did a lot of naked cam. We did some mm. naked cameras. They're grand. Yeah. 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 But I got shit in the Central Hotel for doing a podcast, talking to Maurice Scott, actually, with just with this, like, a Zoom. And we're talking away. And then as mm. I'm leaving, the manager goes, did you ask for permission to do that? No way. Yeah? Well, you got a lot of great terms in the audience. What did you say as well? I said, no. <laughs> I didn't know. Mm. I said no, and I left. But, I mean, I was just having a chat. Yeah. I just mm. happened to be recording the chat. Yeah. Yeah. It's nothing to do with them. Uh, well, the IFSC as well is privately owned all down there, and they they're very strict about any kind of filming or any of this kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. but um, is that because they're showing films and they don't want people to bootleg them or something or to pirate them? No, it's just that. Like, oh no, the IFSC. Yeah, Sorry. just down the yeah. IFSC. Sorry, I thought you Sorry, you know, and it's a private company, and it'll be security men will come over to you and all the rest. Yeah, um, mm. it's kind of yeah. Yeah, yeah. So it's not the street. 
No, no. In a way, big corporations are very like um, common criminals in that way. Like that mm. don't want you filming them. Yeah, I think we've come down after the drugs now. <laughs> I don't feel like Jesus son now. Yeah, yeah. There's a the Russian. Yeah, I know. I'm coming down. I don't feel like Jesus. Yeah, yeah. 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 the Russian road is over now. <laughs> so that is uh, that's our little podcast uh, so the gigs that coming up uh, I mean the moat in moat in the arts to a theatre on the 24th of May and uh, I'll be in uh, the venue in Athlone with Patrick McDonald on the 30th of May and in the Andersons in Sligo on the 31st of May so that's what's coming up in May I think uh, uh, let's see I don't know if there's that in a May, man. Uh, I'll be in the Ardoan in Enniskillen on the 13th of June. Thank you for all that banging in the background. Hear that? Bloody hell, mate. Uh, but I believe I'll be in a show called The Broadway Baby in June. A musical. And uh, that's a... That's uh Oh, that's going to scare the life out of me. I'm in a musical for two nights with a full orchestra, RTE Orchestra, in the National Concert Hall on the... Uh, 12th and 13th of June coming up and uh, then I'll be in uh, I guess at the end of June I'll be in uh, Glastonbury if you're there so that's it babies I don't know who's coming up next in the podcast but uh, thanks and uh, good night and and, uh, if you want to leave a review go on iTunes and leave a review that really helps the podcast just go on iTunes find the podcast and leave a review uh yeah. All right. See you next time. Yeah. Being a parent can be really challenging. Child and Family Resource Network focuses on connecting pregnant parents and those with kids under the age of five with free support services to help them on their parenting journey. Everyone deserves someone they can turn to for help with parenting. Visit childandfamilyresourcenetwork.org today.